Are mission agencies really necessary? And if so, how do they help the local church and how do they help the missionary to get the task of missions done? Hi friends, this is Caleb Suko and you're listening to the Now's the Time podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about how we can use our lives right now to worship our God. And missions is a big part of that task of worshiping God because missions is really about gathering more worshipers, finding more worshipers, bringing people to the feet of our God to worship Him for eternity. So today's podcast, I have a special interview with two missionaries, two men from our mission agencies who will be talking with me about mission agencies and how they possibly can help with the mission's task. I think it's an important question as the face of missions has changed over the last 20, 30 years especially, and I see a lot more people going without mission agencies. So I hope you'll stick around for a minute or two and then listen to that interview. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that this interview is actually continued on missionspodcast.com. Missionspodcast.com is a wonderful podcast about missions and interviews with missionaries and with leaders in uh, in mission theology and teaching. And I was interviewed on Mission Podcast and talked a little bit about my book, Is God Calling Me to Missions? And so if you want to hear that, I invite you to hop over to Missions Podcast as well. I'll put a link in the description to that that episode. But it is coming out the same day that this is coming out, October 6th, which is also the same day that my book is coming out, the Kindle edition, Is God Calling Me to Missions. So if you pre-ordered it, then you will have it today already in your Kindle. If you have it, you can jump over to Amazon. There'll be a link in the show notes for my book, Is God Calling Me to Missions? 10 Questions to Help Determine Your Calling. And I invite you to grab it off of Amazon for your Kindle. If you have purchased the paperback, you'll actually get it for free. So that's uh, pretty simple. But if not, you can get it on Kindle. And I'd love to hear your feedback on the book. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, leave a review on Amazon if you can. That also helps. But anyway, enough about that. Let's get on to this interview. All right, friends, I'm on the line with Scott Dunford and Alex Kochman from ABWE Missionary Mobilization. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Awesome. Great, Caleb. And we just had a, a great conversation. They were asking me questions about missions and calling to missions, pretty much based on my book. And uh, they had a, a lot of good questions. In fact, I had my book here. I had I had to look up some of those answers. You know? <laughs> we had your book too. <laughs> uh, I know, I know, I know. Uh, so, but I wanted to have you guys uh, on my podcast here just to shoot a couple questions to you about missions and you guys are in mobilization, which mm. well, ex- explain to me briefly, maybe Scott explain to me what does mobilizations mean? Like what do you, what do you do in mobilizations? Man, that, that is a great question. It's something I get asked all the time because it's such an odd word. Um, <laughs> we yeah. just get people moving uh, and that's not actually what we do. Uh, I think when we're effective, we do a couple things and that one is raising awareness of, of what God is doing around the world and calling people to fulfill uh, the great commission and, and, pursuing um, God's heart for the nations and discipleship around the world. 
world, especially the people groups um, that are either underserviced or that have no gospel witness, or it could even mean going to a place where there is the church and helping to equip them uh, for uh, for missions. So that's one aspect of it. It's awareness. And then a second aspect is helping people and helping churches, particularly that are thinking about missions, helping them to take those next steps to go from, I'm interested in missions or I have a heart for the nations or I want to understand global discipleship and actually becoming a missionary. So that that, that becomes a lot more tedious and detail-oriented and it involves application and training and things like that. But those are the two areas that we in mobilization focus on. Okay. And so are, do you spend a lot of your time uh, traveling or just individually talking to people? Where, where do you spend most of your time? Um, well, I, I'll speak for myself because I think Alex mm-hmm. and I kind of show the double-sided coin of this, really. Yeah. Um, I travel a lot more than Alex does, um, but we're both very involved in this whole process of mobilization. So for me, um, a lot of my time is spent on the road, um, speaking in colleges, um, speaking in classes, um, talking about missions, uh, being in churches, meeting with church leaders, um, helping them to think through that, that process. Um, but then there's a whole nother side, including what we're doing in the podcast. And Alex is super involved in that side of it. Yeah. I like to liken it to, you know, if you grew up in a traditional setting, you have your evangelist in the front and he might give this rally cry, but then you have your follow-up team in the back. Uh, and it's pretty similar in mobilization. We have people that are out on the road. Um, I'm not out on the road quite as much, but a lot of what I'm doing here is helping connect the people that come through, follow up with them by email, by phone call, connecting them with the missionaries, the team leaders, regional directors and executive directors that we have within ABWE to make sure that they are a good fit for those fields, getting them through that application process, walking them through, uh, you know, getting their, their coaching and training for raising their own financial support and doing partnership development that way. Um, so it is a two-sided coin and there's a lot of work that can be done in terms of promotion and exposing people mm-hmm. to the world of missions, which are things that we do with the podcast, um, with social media, blogs, different opportunities like that online? Well, you know, I, I think that for me, and as God called me to missions, just the exposure to missions was a huge aspect to me understanding my calling. And I just don't know what would have, you know, how, how that would have happened without it. So I think that that's a very vital uh, thing that you're doing for, for the church to expose them to missions. Now I want to, so you kind of explain there what, what you're doing. I want to tra- uh, transition a little bit and ask, as you talk with, with people, um, I imagine that a lot of, a lot of the people you're talking to are, are younger millennial generation, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. What kind of differences do you see in this generation in regards to their outlook on missions, their understanding of missions, then let's say, say 15, 20 years ago. It's a great question. (laughs) It is a great question. It's kind of a a discouraging um, answer probably uh, for me to give in one, one, one is just knowledge. I mean, we have, we live in a globalized world. And so young people are more aware of their world than right. probably my generation. I think Caleb, you and I are almost exactly the same age. I think mm-hmm. I might be a year older than you, but um, you know, a recent Gallup poll came out or, or maybe it was Barna uh, that said 51% of North American evangelical church going Christians have never heard of the great commission. Um, yeah, so I, I think, wow. uh, we, we hear, we see trends in churches that, um, 
that are trying, you know, there's, there's fewer services, fewer opportunities for missionaries to speak. Um, and the, the high programization of the Sunday morning service is such that missions gets a very, uh, small window of presentation. And so a lot of young people are growing up knowing about the world, um, not necessarily thinking of the world through the lens of their lost, um, and, and not at all thinking of, well, it's my responsibility and it's the responsibility of the church to take the gospel to them. So that is a big problem. Um, a second part is I think we have, um, this, this parenting generation, which then would be my fault and the fault of my generation and the generation before us, the, the baby boomers have, have stopped calling young people to risky activity for Jesus. Um, mm. So I, you know, maybe I, altogether they stop calling them to risky activity. I mean, as far as yeah. dangerous <laughs> activity or sure. anything like that, I, I, helicopter I, parent, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and that it's not uncommon, you know, for, uh, for a young person to have a desire to go into missions and, and mom and dad say, no, we don't want you to go to school to study for ministry. That won't pay anything. We want you to go get an accounting degree or, and there's nothing wrong with being an accountant or being a lawyer or being whatever. Um, but if God's called you to do gospel ministry, then you better obey that call. And I think we're getting to a place where more and more Christian young people are going to have to forsake father and mother in some instances when mom and dad are, are not calling them to follow Jesus in Christian communities. So um, I know that sounds like a radical statement that I just made, but I, I think it's a real, real problem. I think another mm-hmm. side of the issue with millennials too is that... And Alex is one. I am one. So speaking for <laughs> us all, uh, <laughs> and I'm not a missionary, um, but I do have the privilege of working with missionaries. I, I know some people would say that everyone's a missionary and in a sense that's you true cards. but in a sense that's not true um, and right. uh, you know I because I don't I don't live overseas and I don't have that same calling at this point in life um, because there is a distinctiveness to that and I, I think with with my generation my peers um, it, it your, your greatest strengths are always your greatest weaknesses uh, you know it, it, to some to some degree so uh, you know in this in the way that Millennials are willing to I think strategize and be a little bit more creative, um, try something new and different and get excited about a cause um, that right. can be very beneficial. That can right. awaken a team that has been kind of stalled out and plateaued for a while. At the same time, that can also mean to uh, lead to rather a fear of commitment um, or just, you know, delaying things, maybe not necessarily wanting to submit to, to leadership in every regard. Um, so there's a spectrum there to where the strengths themselves are the weaknesses. Um, and I think it's not really a matter of, um, you know, saying that part of this is good and part of this is bad and dismissing it and giving a a blanket evaluation of a generation. But it's just understanding the personality wiring of so many of these new missionaries who are uh, who are approaching and just learning how to shepherd them well. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely we were in dates from June to of last year till February of this year. So I had quite a bit of interaction with, with people, young people, millennials. And I I think that, you know, Scott, I understand discouragement, I guess, you know, too. But then again, you know, like Alex, I think that there's a lot of potential too, as well in a generation that can use, you know, all the technology that that this younger generation is using and use it for God's glory. 
uh, there's there's amazing potential in that. Yeah, I'm I'm not discouraged about this generation. I, I hope I oh, did communicate that. I'm I'm actually very encouraged. I'm more discouraged as my own generation mm. and oh, okay. and uh, and the generation proceeding on how we've uh, put obstacles in the way of this young generation. I I think that there is some work to be done, but I do think um, the exciting thing is that this is a generation that does. Um, does it want to do um, what God calls them to do is willing to take some risks. Uh, they don't necessarily have the muscles yet to do that, but that, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, but I do think there's a sensitivity to what God's doing around the world that, that is, that God is using. Yeah. I mean, speaking on behalf of some of my peers, we want that input. We want to be mentored. We want um, to come alongside people who have done it before and who are genuinely interested in us and bringing us alongside, not in a patronizing way, um, right. but in a way that allows us to, to emerge into that. And you mentioned technology briefly too. Um, social media can be a scourge and it can be a distraction and it, it can be incredibly ungodly and unproductive and unhelpful. Uh, but if stewarded properly, it can be as revolutionary possibly for this generation and the ones upcoming as the printing press was 500 right. years ago. I, I don't, I think history has yet to tell the story of how that's changing our culture and, and what that'll look like a hundred, 200 years from now for the sake of the gospel. And already you see a lot of people in my generation who've been exposed to a, a deeper brand of theology than a lot of us even grew up with largely through the internet. And then that's even changed the way that they approach ministry too. So I think that it'll change the the landscape in the years ahead and it's exciting and, and really interesting. Well, one, one exciting challenge. And I'm, I'm sorry, maybe I just cut you off, but, uh, um, is, is, uh, you know, in our generations, it was discipleship look like, here's a course, go take this course. Or right. if you want to be discipled, go, uh, go to a seminary. And, and one thing I am excited about this generation is they do have a desire to almost get back to the, the, the Jesus model of saying, Hey, come alongside of me and life mentor me life. and let me live life with you. And, and, uh, that to me is an encouraging development in this generation. Yeah, I've, I've seen that too. And, and that's encouraging. And I've also seen with, I guess, you know, in the range of 20, you know, the 20 year olds, uh, a real interest to actually have someone mentor them. Yeah. Which I would say that 15, 20 years ago, I didn't see that as much. Maybe right. I just wasn't in that, but I, I didn't see that as much in that age group. And so that's encouraging. Now I want to ask you this though, in relationship to the technology and all that, uh, what, Another thing that I've seen is that these, you know, younger generation would say, Hey, you know, I feel God's calling me to missions. I want to go to uh, whatever country they want to go to. I want to go to West Africa and, you know, I don't need a mission agency. I got GoFundMe, you know, we've got all these different technologies. We're all connected globally. Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go and do it. And I'm sure you've probably seen some of that too. How, how do you approach that? Or, or how do you deal with that kind of thing? Cause, cause I, I, I'm not sure I know how to deal with that sometimes. Cause I don't want to just put a wet blanket on somebody that's got this kind of passion for missions and is just willing to go out there and do it. You know, there, there's two ways that I would answer that. Um, that's a great question. You're right. I do me personally, uh, in follow up, I deal with that question a lot. And there is the first, the very practical side of GoFundMe is not going to help you take care of 
you know, training to making sure that you're ready for the field. They're not going to hold your hand as you're experiencing culture shock. They're not going, they're not invested in the gospel. Are they? Well, they're not invested in the gospel, even the practical things. They're not going to help you with your health insurance. They're not going to help you with your retirement plan. And so the idea of going through an organization, um, you know, I'm biased towards ABWE, um, an established organization uh, of 91 years of expertise that allows them to, to really say, we've, we've been here before we we've done this. We know how this works. We know what the cost of living is in the country that you're going to. Those are all very practical reasons that I think it's, uh, sometimes it can be foolish to just say, I'm going to launch out there all by myself. Um, to not have a team because when you're going through an agency, you're talking about sometimes the difference between being a lone ranger, a lone gunslinger for the kingdom versus actually having a team. And I think biblically team teamwork and and a team model is normative. But the other thing is too, is that uh, we millennials tend to value progressing um, in roles of Uh leadership, uh, progressing up, up the ladder for lack of a better term. And, if you're by yourself, if you're isolated, there's no opportunity to invest in others, to to grow, not an in influence in a selfish sort of way, but to be able to, to impact and to be a servant leader among others. Um, whereas if you're a part of a family of missionaries, if you're a part of an organization, you know, you might be able to do, let's say everything else being equal. You might be able to do the same exact ministry um, with an agency or with something like a clearinghouse, um, and you might figure out the benefits and, and retirement. And different what, what, things do you, like that. what do you mean by what do you mean by a clearinghouse? Yeah, clearinghouse just basically being a, an organization, an entity that's just moving funds to you, so they're not offering you much in the way of uh, additional support and services. Um, so you mentioned GoFundMe, thinking of that sort of thing. That, that there's some organizations um, that are considered missions agencies, but they're just moving funds to you uh, sort of mm-hmm. like some of those crowdfunding websites are just in a different Basically way. But just providing financial services. Like, yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah largely. And, and maybe just a broad vision. Um, but yeah, but, but all things being equal, even if you could do the same exact ministry through a clearinghouse versus an agency, are you going to be able to emerge as a leader? Can you add to your team? Can you be a part of a team? Can you love and serve others and build up? Or are you just going to stay isolated alone in your own enclave? You, when you're alone, you're alone. Um, and that's, mm-hmm. the, you know, for our generation, we want to know that there's a path forward mm-hmm. and a way to progress. Well, I think something people don't realize about leadership is that it's just like lifting weights. It's the resi- it's resistance that builds strength and being in a group of people that are going to push back on your ideas that are not going to let you run free. They're going to make you think through and bring them along. It's frustrating, especially like, I, you know, if you're a kind of a maverick leader uh, and a visionary leader, you want to just go free, but having to slow down and deal with the, uh, the concerns and questions of others is growing as a leader. Um, but also there's that con there's a concept of legacy, you know, and I've seen that here and I think you've been a part of that as well, where you, um, uh, you're, you're able to, to, to pass something off that lives beyond you. We just did an interview about the president of ABWE, the first president and founder, Lucy Peabody. She's been long dead and gone. And yet her legacy lives on in ways that she never even imagined because of being uh, part of a team. And I think that's really critical. Right. Yeah. I I know personally here in Ukraine, well, actually when Christina and I were considering missions and considering ABWE, I would say that the team attracted us more than anything. 
Yeah. Really, it did. Mm. And it was almost to the point where I was saying, I don't, I'm not even that worried about like <laughs> ABW, what's going on mm. in the headquarters. Cause yeah. I know this team over here and I want to be part of that team. Yeah. I really like what they're doing and stuff. And, and ultimately, you know, when the missionary gets on the field, that's, they're going to have more contact, you know, obviously with the team than with anything else. So to, the, to us, that was a great attraction yeah. uh, to, to ABWE. That's fantastic. Um, and another thing too, I think for, for us is, you know, some of the resources, uh, like with good soil that, that we've really been invested in, you know, that's the type of a resource that even if we ha- were part of a, you know, team of, of say 15 missionaries or something, it's not something that we could really produce on our own. And so to have that behind us and, and working sort of in the background and then providing us with those materials and those resources have just, just been wonderful to us mm. here. Uh, not only resources like that, but um, the fact that you, not only are you talking about there's more than just a, a team of 15 people or so, but you're talking about teams across the world. You know, right. a thousand plus people right. in more than 70 countries just for our organization. There's a, a huge amount of synergy that comes from that. Right. Yeah, definitely. There's things I know we're able to do um, around the world that 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 actually our missionaries like you in Ukraine and other places are contributing to through um, the the fact that, you know, we're all all the missionaries are contributing to um, uh, what's the right phrase I'm looking for, Alex? Uh, the, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we, sometimes we call them, you know, it's it's our administrative fee, I guess, is how it works, and that all the missionaries are contributing to that pot. Cooperative, which, yeah. It's it's a co- there's a cooperative element to a to an agency like ours that allows us to do things around the world that we normally couldn't do. It allows collaborative. Us, it allows us to mobilize for parts of the world. It allows us to provide certain resources when there is a missionary. You know, you know. In Ukraine, we, it was, it's been a very safe country for many years, but now there's some tensions there. Well, you know, we have some countries that never experience conflicts, others that right. do experience conflict. When something bad happens, um, to be able to have the resources as an organization to be able to step in and help. And it's not just about one missionary. It's about a thousand missionaries. Um, and so the ministry in Ukraine, um, even in some ways, very indirectly, but in substantial ways is able to help the advance of the gospel around the world. Yeah. One, one of the, uh, I'll just, <laughs> I'm answering these questions for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like a good host You're asking smarter leading questions. We'll let you. <laughs> but one of the other things I was going to mention that uh, is, is a blessing to us. And that is, uh, I think tomorrow actually we have an intern coming in. And I think a lot of people don't really realize uh, how that works, but um, we have an intern coming in and this intern went through all the vetting process uh, with ABWE. And that that's, I mean, okay, I, I've not, you know, been hands-on uh, involved in that whole process. I'm sure you guys know what that is, mm-hmm. but maybe explained a little bit. How does that work? Like a, let's say an intern wants to go, we have an intern that has come for a year. Okay. So, and I know they came through, through the vetting process. 
walk me through a little bit of that. How does that work so that the audience can kind of understand what it really takes uh, to, to vet somebody out and for them to finally get to the field? Yeah, it's a, it's a complicated process and it depends. You know, there's different kinds of ways that people serve, whether short term or someone a year, we would probably call that even a more of a midterm um, because mm-hmm. there's a lot more significant cultural investment. Um, but, you know, not just, you know, looking at their salvation testimony, although that's a huge part of it. Um, you know, looking at their, you know, their, their, having how they talk about their moral development and their struggles, um, interviewing uh, their pastors and church leaders um, about them and their background, um, you know, doing all those reference checks. We do uh, child safety training for everyone that's very in-depth and very intensive and uh, um, allows us to know that, okay, they, they are prepared in that way, doing background checks to make sure that they don't have, um, you know, some some shady past that is that is undiscovered. Um, and then we do a theological examination. So especially for those who are serving long term, um, it's very involved, you know, from a written test to uh, sitting down with them face to face with their church and pastors and discussing uh, theology and almost like a in this case, it would be a mini ordination uh, uh, and um, reference and going the episode that. we just recorded. If you didn't just listen to that. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so um, it's pretty, it's pretty in depth and intensive. Now, of course we don't, you know, obviously um, catch everything and, and there's things that we do, can't find, but it is, um, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty intense. And uh, it does provide some basic level of comfort, I think, for a missionary on the other side um, to be able to know that someone they're receiving isn't um, a complete wild card. So when you talk about the importance of having a mobilization team, you know, wh- why should I go with a missions agency? One reason is that there is a mobilization team that's working with you, serving you as you're on the field. And it's not just being out at a booth or a conference or preaching and recruiting, but it's also all of that follow-up, that that vetting, that finding the match so that people can be sent to you to help grow your team long-term, but also in the short-term to give you people like interns that you can disciple and take under your wing. Yeah. And for us as missionaries, that's huge because, you know, we, we are interested in seeing the mission continue here in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. We know that we're not eternal. You know, there's going to be a time where I'm going to, you know, not be able to continue to serve here. So, so we really, we want to grow the team and it takes such a load off of our shoulders because I mean, Hey, I got a lot of ministry I'm doing here and I can't, I'm not in the States that much. I can't go and vet somebody. And, and so to us, that is, is, is really invaluable that job of, you know, making the contact and just that whole vetting process. And I could tell you, a number of horror stories that I know personally from other pastors and missionaries here in Ukraine that have had people come short term for a couple of months or six months, um, something like that. That just turned out horribly wrong. And the only reason I'm not going to share them is because I don't want to give anyone's names out or anything like that, you know, but I, it's, it's, I've seen a number of them that have gone horribly wrong and it's because they never went through any kind of vetting process, except that there was somebody that said, Hey, Oh yeah, I'd like to come for a couple of months. Can I come? And, and it's sort of a warm body. So yeah, Mm. go ahead and come. 
And then unfortunately it doesn't turn out well in the end. Well, we still have that happen even with screening, but I do think that, I mean, I was just sitting yesterday looking through some, you, people would be shocked at how many we do turn away. Um, mm-hmm. um, hundreds and hundreds, um, more mm-hmm. probably get turned away than get accepted. So, mm-hmm. um, there is, um, a lot of value in that. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Thanks for sharing a little bit about what you guys do. And I think that helps us to, to understand that process a little bit more. Maybe just as, as a final question here, you could either Scott or Alex, you could share what would be one thing that you would tell somebody, this is what they need to do the next step. If they just say, Hey, I'm interested in missions. I don't know exactly what or where, but I'm interested. What, what would you suggest for that person as a good first, maybe step or two to do as they consider that calling? Oh, go ahead, Alex. No, I I was just, um, something very practical, um, is our 24 hour demo event that we have at ABWE, Uh, multiple times a year, this upcoming year, um, in, in 2019, it's happening in March, July, and October. Uh, we have one coming up this October. Um, but it's a, it's a period of time where you can come and these are the kind of settings that you love, right? When you're in that phase of evaluating God's calling on your life, you can just fellowship with us, hear about what God's doing around the world, meet veteran missionary leaders from all around the world. Um, you have, you have time to not only gather in these big groups of fellowship, but there's also time for, for more focused prayer. And there's time um, to meet one-on-one with different individuals throughout the building, figuring out things uh, here through ABWE about not only where are you called, but what does it look like to raise financial support? Um, you know, what, what financially does it look like? Um, all those questions to be answered and to be answered in a, in a setting where it's, it's not a, a sales pitch. It's not a high pressure thing. So we always encourage people to come and take a look at that. And you can go to abwe.org slash demo um, to learn more about that. Okay. Scott, I know you had some other counsel. It's, a, that you it's the 25th and 26th of October. And I think there are, we, we cap it at 30 for intimacy sake, um, but there are mm-hmm. still a couple slots open. So if someone wanted to hear this and sign it, they probably could get in. Yeah. $20 nominal fee covers your hotel. It covers your, your food um, for, for the whole time that you're there. It starts on a Thursday evening and goes all the way through uh, dinner the next day on Friday. Yeah with our incredible uh, cuisine on site too, with our chef that we're blessed with who serves us here uh, graciously. So it's a fantastic time, but I, I know you want to give some other words of counsel yeah, advice to Scott. You know, real quickly and practically, I think, you know, one, um, engage your pastors early on. Um, if you're in a big church, engage the pastor that works with you closely and your small group leaders. Um, so that would be one big encouragement. Quickly get involved in that. Mm-hmm. Two, reach out to missionaries you know. Um, you know, if Caleb's a missionary in your church, church, I would talk to him right away, you know, uh, if, if not talk to the ones you do know. Um, and then I, I would say if that's something you're, you're really seriously thinking about, um, I would take a trip to the field. Um, and, uh, you know, in addition to the demo and those things, and then, and then let talk to us. Like that's one thing I, we want to be in mobilization. Our coaches, there are times we tell people, we think ABW is a fantastic mission, but given what you want to do, there's another direction that you should probably consider consider. Um, here's another organization that we think is, is, is great. Um, or, or here are 
some fields given the what you want to do, you may say, hey, I'm going to Ireland and we might sit down and talk to you and go, you know, based on what you're saying, um, this other field might actually be a better fit for your uh, unique calling, desires, you know, uh, beliefs, um, those kind of things. Uh, right. So we want to be able to help and engage with that. So let us be a resource to come alongside of you and your church to help guide you through that process. Great. That's great advice. And I want to also just plug your, your guys' podcasts. Thank uh, you. Missions, missions podcast. Actually, you know, I just, I, I, I'll admit, I haven't listened to every single episode, but I've listened to several. That's okay. I'll admit I haven't listened to every <laughs> single episode. <laughs> okay. But the last one that I listened to was your interview with Josh Daggett, uh, Pastor Josh Daggett, mm, on yeah. personal evangelist prayer. Man, that was, that was great. I, I was mm. really encouraged by that. And, and his thinking, what, what really got me, mm. so I would encourage whoever's listening to this podcast right now, check out that episode of the Missions Podcast, which is missionspodcast.com. Um, his, the balance that he had for the sovereignty of God and our responsibility mm-hmm. to share the gospel and to respond to the gospel, I just thought was right on. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and, and that was, that was a great encouragement. I love, I loved his thinking. Josh uh, is a great pastor. He's a gift to our organization. He is. And we're blessed with some great interviews on there. You, know, you might listen and say, I don't want to hear Scott and Alex anymore. Well, most of our interviews are talking to guys like you, Caleb and others um, that um, are, are experts in their field or have contributed something unique. And it's really fun to just pick outside of our organization even um, right. uh, to, to hear what, what people are processing in this and, regard. And if our listeners don't know, I, I, will, I will publish this podcast right when you guys publish uh, the interview that you did with me that we just recorded. Okay. So those can just kind of go out together. Great. So then I'll just put a link to, to that. If, so if you guys want to hear uh, their, uh, Scott and Alex's questions to me, um, the link will be in the show notes for this podcast as well. Fun stuff. Cross promotion. Yeah. Thanks, Caleb. All right. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate you taking the extra time and answering those questions. Uh, it was a, that was, that was great to hear from you guys. And I'll be praying that God will bless you with a, with a great crop of new missionaries this year. Thanks for having us. And if anyone wants to get a hold of us or if they have questions, especially for they're in the ABWE audience about mobilization, you can email alex at abwe.org or sdunford, D-U-N-F-O-R-D at abwe.org. And we're happy to connect with anyone. All right. Perfect. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Caleb.